Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Thursday, November 3rd, we're back. It's a snow day, so we've gone online, and it's National Sandwich Day. It's also episode 150, so if you want to talk about sandwiches, you want to talk about 150 episodes, I mean, just another day at the office, but if you want to talk about it, go ahead. Adam, what's up? I feel like I always get called out on these, and I don't know why. Why are you taking this personally? <laughs> we haven't even started talking yet. I just feel like it's always me first. Adam Adam's always like very surprised when when Phil calls on him. Like yeah. it it doesn't even have to be this like for picks. He'll be like, "Okay, like Chiefs Chargers, Adam, who do you like?" Me. First again. Me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Zicky doesn't know he's on the podcast. He thinks he's just listening. Yeah, I mean, shout out to that um I feel like this was a topic on the show like maybe 60 episodes ago, but that guy that says he's never eaten a sandwich sandwich before do you remember that sam yeah. Howell. Yeah. yeah he brings like chicken nuggets to the to the team like meetings or team dinners or whatever yeah respect to him mm-hmm. and that earned him third string behind the legends heineke and wentz so <laughs> don't try a sandwich or anything it's not like it could help your career you got anything on either of these on yeah uh i wanted to ask you guys what your favorite sandwich was i'm just curious cajun well, chicken sandwich cajun ch- cheddar chicken yeah because <laughs> okay. that's that's the sandwich that's a real sandwich of. it is every restaurant you go to has a cajun chicken sandwich yeah right that's, yeah yeah. yeah totally. it's not more of a burger or anything um, it's a sandwich i would okay a burger sure. is a sandwich like i have one sandwich that's a go-to for me it's just like ham lettuce it's very basic there's not a lot of flavor like to a it club yeah sure club let's mm. go with that well, I was going to say the same thing. My my like go-to, it's not the sexiest sandwich in the world, but it's just a turkey club. Like it's yeah. gets the job done, tastes good. good. Household name. Lots of mustard. Lots of mustard. Mm, Are you uh, big Subway people? Yeah. Used to be. He like, like bad experience. <laughs> like, I don't know. I always get the, I don't ever get heartburn after any food, but after I get the worst heartburn ever. I don't know what it is. I have to like limit my Subway sandwich to like one a year. <laughs> it wasn't like Buffalo Wild Wings. It was Subway. No, Subway yeah, I could I it. could down like thirty five hot wings and like three beers and I'd be good to go. But this, <laughs> but just, I don't win. know what it is. Wow, <laughs> Subway just had it's your kryptonite, dude. Yeah. It's like when it's uh... like Kirk Cousins on a, on, on prep time. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it's like. It's just the yeah. bright lights of Subway. It's the sandwich meat under the lamps. Yeah, sandwich yeah. meat under the lamps, the bread, the smell of it, like, gets to me. Man, I remember <laughs> once I was eating Subway, and then I got it with a guy, and then we went back to go eat it, and the lady's, like, part of her, like, glove came off into the sandwich. <laughs> and he was like, I'm never eating there again. Oh, and I God. just threw the rest of mine out, and we just kept moving. That's just how it goes sometimes. It's oh, wow. been a very anticipated buildup to this episode because there was big NFL action during the week. And usually, you know, I got to finagle around to find some stories to discuss. But uh, this week, it's really built right in. There's a bunch of trades. Let's just knock them off one by one. We had Calvin Ridley going to the Jets.
Jags for a 2024 second round pick. Now you're saying Calvin Ridley, like he's a gambler. Like he, he makes a hundred dollar parlays. Like he's not going to play this season. And you're right. Which is why it makes it funny to me that like, I picture the Falcons are like minding their business, but meanwhile, the Jags are plotting. They're like, okay, how do we like, we're two and six, whatever. Like, how do we get better for next year? And let's accomplish it now. I don't know why the trade needed to happen right away, but shout out to the Jags for prioritizing something that could be done in March. That's the way you do it down there. So any takes on this one, Alex? Well, they want to give um, they want to give the boys in the locker room a little juice, a little push. It's like, hey, let's finish the season strong because look at the reinforcements that are coming next <laughs> next year. Like they didn't want to wait because in March it's like you get Calvin Ridley, you kind of forget about him. You get him now, it's like, you know, I really want to <laughs> I want to play hard for this year because next year we're going to be even better. We're going to take a bigger step. Plus, a little competition in the uh, wide receivers room. Hey, you know, like. Christian Kirk, I don't know, he slowed down a little bit. All those other guys, you know he's going to be breathing down your uh, down your neck next year. So pretty pretty odd move, though, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I don't know what made them go, like, I need, like we need Calvin Ridley. Like, I want to get a guy that's not going to play this year. Um, so I don't know if they just thought the value was, like, super low. Because I think they traded, like, a fourth and a fifth. Was it two picks? I believe I think it was a, I think it, it's it's second. like a crazy conditional. It's like you okay. could go up to a second if he plays and gets but it's like all based on if he gets reinstated like it's I, I, a bizarre I love, move. I love Calvin Ridley. Like he's my guy so um I I hope he does, you know, work it out in Jacksonville. Anytime you can add another number 2 receiver to your wide receiver room of a bunch of number 2 wide receivers, you got to do it, dude. That's yeah. what I know. I mean, to me this is like when it's like the the Chiefs, they like you gave and in the wide receiver room, you had Tyreek Hill, but you also had Miko Hardman. Like you have that number one guy, you have Christian Kirk, so you need a number two. Mm. Um, because you want Trevor Lawrence to have weapons, obviously, and you already have a number one, so you feed in the number two. It's like it's like a perfect compliment to Christian yes. Kirk. Doug yeah. Peterson watched probably like, I don't know, the 2017, 2018 college football uh final and was like because I think Alabama and, and Clemson went at it, and I'm pretty sure they both played in that game. And he was like best wide receiver, Calvin Ridley on Alabama, best quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, what if we get them on the same team? Like this is going to be. And Travis Etienne. And yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Travis Etienne. I love the Jags building like this uh, all-star college football team. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. They're building like the final four squad. Yes. Somebody got to show them the Renfro tape because they're going to be all in for him in yeah. the off season. Yeah, it's Locked like their GM was like just a really big football guy. So he's like doesn't really watch college football during the year because he's got, you know, he's got OTAs and then he's yeah. got like his own games and practices. But then the national championship game, he's like, okay, let me lock in. Let yeah, me like yeah. see who's good, who's not. Like this Trevor Lawrence guy. Yeah. He's like, it's the best players because it's, you know, the final <laughs> four teams. Like it's got to be the best players. Like why would I spend my time watching like Nevada versus Grambling State? Um, yeah. Let me watch the final four. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the way you should do it. You got to walk in and do that's it. That's how you way. scout properly. It is. Ask anybody. I like how the Falcons. I, I just picture them sitting there and they're like, "All right, quiet day. Like, didn't get anything done." And then the Jags call and they're like, "Yo, like, what are you saying about Ridley?" And they're like, "Excuse me, we have a Ridley." They're like, "Yeah, yeah, the guy that's like not playing all year." They're like, "Oh, okay. Like, you want a seventh?" They're like, "No, like a two if he gets reinstated. Like, we'll give you a second round pick." Like, I really. <laughs> A good negotiating tactics yes. by them. But, uh, I mean, we can keep it going down the line. The Lions 
trading TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. This is a move that I really like because the Lions, you know, they spend a top 10 pick on this guy. They invest some time in him. You know, they, they hire a former tight end as his head coach. You know, they give him a lot of knowledge. You know, he knows the playbook. He develops. He's finally hitting his prime and then trade him in your division. Great move by the Lions, <laughs> in my opinion. Do you know what they got back for him? I think it was a second round pick and a third round pick. Damn. And then the Lions also gave two fourth round picks to Minnesota. Oh, so like... Okay. I love that because DJ Hawkinson kind of struck me as the guy that would be like uh, like a line forever. Like he's yeah. cool with just being like, you know, two wins a year lines. <laughs> so th- that's the kind of guy he struck me as. So it is kind of tough to see him go to the Vikings. You know, they use him in a pretty good system. They already have Jefferson. I think it'll, he'll be open quite a bit. So it'll be nice. I like it. I think the, I think the lions, this is, I think they're not done because in my mind, Dan Campbell's like, okay, we got like a fourth and a fifth. Let's parlay this fourth and a fifth for like somebody that can help us right now. Like he wants, like, he's like probably making calls about like receivers that are on the market. And he's like, okay, we need to win. And then the GM's like sitting him down, like, okay, Dan, we're doing this because we're actually not, we're actually not in a position to win this year. So like, these are going to be used like down the road. Like we can't really trade these again this season, but like next year we're going to go really hard. And Dan's like, no, no, no. Like we can get, like, did you see what the, the Falcons just did with Ridley? Like we can get a guy, like, yeah. let's get a guy. I think so. he thinks it's like fantasy. Yeah. He's like, like he doesn't like have any roster carry over year to year. It's like, okay, I've traded for two second round picks, but now I'm going to use those second round picks to get CD Lamb. Like that's what <laughs> I'm going to do. Like, like, uh, like, why would I want to kick the can down the road? It's like this is it's now or never. We're one in six. We got to get better. Adam, you seem like a Hawkinson guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm really not. I don't have uh, much of a take here, but the Vikings will be good, mm-hmm. and hopefully Dan won't be there next year. So you're Ooh. such a hater. Yeah, that's I a man's am. job. He's got a family. Yeah. You want his kids to move schools? He can get another job. Like he can go back to what he was doing before, just like an offensive assistant. That was a depressing take. Maybe for the Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. The Steelers moved Chase Claypool to the Bears. Now, this is a good move, I'd say, for both sides. Steelers got great return, and the Bears get to add a player to uh, a nice young quarterback, give him a chance. I think the Bears kind of thought that Justin Fields, like, wasn't going to be good. So they're like, okay, like, who cares what we put around him? We'll get, like— And they were right. No, they weren't. Get, like, the homeless guy down the street to block for him, like, bring in a couple grocery baggers at receiver, and then they realized he actually has some talent. So they're like, okay, we should probably figure out if he's, like, going to be the quarterback of the future or not. So not a bad move. I think it changes scenery. Like, Chase Claypool, you know— he had the thing that what was it he wanted music at practice and then he did the first down thing against the vikings like he needed a change of scenery so this is good for him and the steelers got i don't know what the bears were doing giving up their own second round pick but good for both sides i would say i mean you're the steelers fan phil are you sad to see him go no no not at all i almost remember i tried to disavow the steelers if they didn't get rid of both of them and then they did get rid of both of them so I, let's I'm go back. let's go the bears are not done there though they traded roquan smith this is kind of another weird one where it's like okay like so like we're selling like time to pack it in oh, but we're but also we buying chase Claypool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah let's buy we in. don't need the second round pick yeah forget it dude like, let's just we're rebuilding we're rebuilding the defense but, but offense is in win now mode <laughs> like all in on the offense <laughs> that's a great strategy dude i never yeah. thought of it that way um i think it's kind of hard it's got to be kind of hard for roquan smith to come in and like learn an offense or learn a defense sorry in a 
couple weeks and then playoff games. But overall, like a very high quality player, and he has Ravens type of vibe to him, right? Like a tough linebacker just seems like he fits with the Ravens or the Patriots or one of those teams that has a history of it. But any takes? Well, I don't get why they moved him. He was so like Quinn made sense to me because he's 32 and he's on an expiring deal. But I think Roquan Smith is like 25. It seemed like a weird. It seemed weird to give up like a guy that was like going to be the core of your defense for the next like years. I didn't think he yeah. wanted to be there though, because I think at the start of the season, didn't he request a trade? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but he like think tore they... down the entire defense, and he's like, "What the hell? Like, what is this? Like, I want to play on a competitive team." But I think he requested the trade because they weren't and negotiating the contract. with him. Yeah, and the contract yeah. as well. So. Mm. So I think he was willing to stay if they would negotiate with them. But I also see great team in the Ravens because they always pay their guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not like they have any like outstanding contracts waiting. In. They saw they saw Lamar like just slowly like bringing his value down, and they're like, "All right, like we got room for like another like contract. Like, <laughs> come on, come on in, Roquan Smith. Like, Lamar's yeah. not making the max, so we got a few. Yeah, more. we can pay Lamar less than Kyler, so we have a lot of space. We're good. Yeah. Don't worry about it." Um, I do see where the Bears come from a little bit because I feel like linebacker is probably the most replaceable position in football, probably. Like you could could find a guy there pretty easily. So if you're going to have to pay top dollar for one, because he's probably one of the best five or six, like I could see where they're coming from there. Uh, Another big defensive move, Denver moving off of Bradley Chubb to Miami. Miami, I mean, Bradley Chubb, great college resume, you know, big, big star coming in. This is I mean, I don't grind tape again. I'm not sitting there watching all 22. You know, I'm not the guy to ask. But if you told me that he was going to get traded for a first-round pick, I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, the Vaughn Millers, the Khalil Max go for first-round picks. This guy seems like a tier below, but... I always thought he was, like, like that guy. I don't know. Again, not, I'm not a tape grinder. But um, I remember him being, like, I, I know, I think his, from what I understand, like, I thought his main concern was that he was always hurt. Yeah, like he missed a lot of like games, but he was really good when he was on the field. I don't think he's like been on the field though. So like, I think he's on the this field year now. He has. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, we need a what's his Madden rating though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what that's what Adam's finding out right now. He's an eighty-one. And what's? Can you compare that to Ooh. Bobby Wagner? Yeah, one second. Bobby Wagner standard. No, Bobby Wagner's like a ninety still. <laughs> he he's an eighty-seven. Wow. Whoa! Okay, wow. so bad trade right away because you can't be trading a first-round pick for a guy that's rated 81 overall in Madden. That's a horrible trade. We know the computer's accepting that on the first try. You're getting the full green bar. Yes. He had like 12 sacks in 2018. Nice. Seven games in 2021. In 2020, he played 14 games and had seven and a half sacks. He, nice. See, this is like he's... But he, he's four years removed away from 12 sacks. In True. <laughs> So is Ryan Kerrigan, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> could have got him for free. Do you remember so, when he was hot on the trade market and then he never got traded and then just retired at the end of the year? Yeah, that was sick. When he's like, I, I want to commit to be the face of the franchise for the worst franchise in professional yeah. sports of the last 25 years. That's yeah. that's a career move right there. You got to respect that. I do like the Broncos picking up Chase Edmonds in this trade because that's like you could you could walk into, you know, Mr. Whatever, Mr. Incredible, Unlimited. His, office, his office, say, hey, Russ, like we traded Bradley Chubb, 
but it was to get you this piece to work with. Don't worry. We've got you, Chase Edmonds. Like, you can work with him. And, like, we know you've been complaining about Melvin Gordon. Now you've got another guy. So we can rotate Mike Boone, Latavius Murray, <laughs> Melvin Gordon, and Chase Edmonds for you. I thought Latavius Murray was going to be a league winner this year. So I'm, I'm sad to see it happen. Man, really yeah. hate to see it go. Interesting yeah. move by the Broncos. Adam, you're you're the only man we can go to on this one. <clears throat> Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Dolphins. You've been the Jeff Wilson Jr. guy. He reunites with his boy Mike McDaniel. Usually you'd feel like a running back changing teams midseason, like he's got a lot of playbook to learn. But if he's going to Mike McDaniel, I mean, probably knows it already. Yeah, um, I mean, I think this will be pretty good. I think Jeff Wilson is overhated because he's like a Cal Shanahan player. But I just want the people to... And I dropped him in fantasy like as soon as McCaffrey got signed. And then today Owen bought him for like 12 or 20 bucks, I think. So I'm kind of sad. Yeah, and he's projected to score me six points. So he's not going to go. be seeing the field for a while. Yeah. That's yeah. A I think fun. you're getting value personally. <laughs> we'll see. Interesting bid by Owen. He's He is a talented player. I feel like uh-huh. Shanahan's the most happy about this, though, because it's a huge ego boost to, like, take a guy off the street, and then all of a sudden he's worth something in the actual trade market. It's like, yep, I did that. Even though Jeff Wilson's pretty good, I know Shanahan's, like, pretty happy right now. But then there's the inverse where it's like Trey Sermon was a third-round pick, and then after a year with you, he's now homeless. Like, he doesn't yeah. have a job. Well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't do the drafting. So true, 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 what true. do you want him to do? You know, play <laughs> him? True. No, he's not worthy. <laughs> no. no. He can make it work with every running back, but not that one. That's that's a complete non-starter. Naheem yeah. Hines also went to the Bills. Adam, somebody you know said Naheem Hines <laughs> is their favorite player and shared a picture of a Naheem Hines jersey, which is an all-time <laughs> baffling move. Yeah, it was it was like the funniest Instagram story I've seen in my life. I didn't even know this guy was a Colts fan, obviously, because they're probably laying low nowadays. But he just posts Naheem Hines like hanging on his wall on his Instagram story. <laughs> and he's like, tough to see one of your favorite players get traded. And I'm like, whose favorite player is the backup running back? Like, what is happening? It's like third and 11. He's like, yes, let's dude, go. Finally. Run the slant. Run the slant. <laughs> yeah. Do the wheel out the backfield. I want to see it. He doesn't even have to catch the ball. Just watching him run is enough joy. I like the Bill's strategy of like, let's just get as many running backs and like cycle them. And eventually one of them will be okay. Like we're Zach Moss failed. Okay. Singletary. He's like the best we've done so far, but like, let's throw some more. Let's try some more things out mm-hmm. because there's no running back. It's James Cook gone. It's yeah. like the Colts. Uh, it's like the Colts with QB though. It's like, they're never like, they don't want yeah. to go with like an actual really good uh, running back it's always like let me get the most like, like below average running back i can yeah i like how they treat devin singletary like a napkin dude it's like <laughs> all right like fine we'll use you but like you're getting replaced next season then it's like ah oh, well you know what he's still like you know he makes plays out the backfield we just keep him around <laughs> next year too and then it's just the yeah. cycle goes on and on and on it's kind of a respectable move um this one's specifically for owen because i mean i don't really have much to say on you know the smaller tier moves but a move that happened last week that we didn't talk about because the chiefs were on by was owen's boy Kadarius tony is going to the chiefs now is this like a tyreek hill light type of situation or is this a demarcus <laughs> robin uh, I think it's more of a Tyree kill. I'm not going to say it's a Tyree kill, but I think he's like, I love Kadarius Tony. I've said this on the podcast so many times. I think he's like, a, like an insane freak athlete. 
So if there's anybody that's going to be able to unlock him, it's probably Patrick Mahomes. Cause like he could, I feel like he could slot in and run some of the routes that, um, that Tyreek Hill did and probably do like, he's not obviously Tyreek Hill, but he's got like that kind of quickness and burst and speed. So I love it because I love Kadarius Tony. Like a 75% Tyreek Hill. Like he looks shifty. Yes. Um, the giants never really ran anything similar to the chiefs. Um, and it really didn't look like they were using him more. He was part of their game plan at all. So, um, and I mean, catching balls from uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Danny Dimes, I think is a completely different story too. So um, I think that's the luxury about the Chiefs is they could honestly, they don't have to be trading these first round picks or second round picks. They can get a guy like Darius Tony for pretty cheap and uh, make it work. So uh, I like the deal a lot. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think, you know, it's one thing. Like I know he hasn't been on the field, and I, I, from what I understand, he was like faking an injury to like get out of playing for the get out of playing for the Giants, which is a fire move. Anytime somebody does that, I, they have my respect immediately, unless they're Ben Simmons. But he's like hamstring, like I can't play, like I can't even practice. And then he gets to the Chiefs, and he's like first day practice. Yup, I'm there, like full participant. That's a fire move. So you got to get down with that. But I do think he will provide them some value. Um, only other things from the deadline that I saw that were pretty interesting to me I know the Packers I mean they did do nothing they're three and five and then Aaron Rodgers said it just didn't pan out which was a very like zen Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca answer too much uh they were the dark horse in too many trade talks I think just Mm -hmm. a lot of dark horses everywhere but never ended up working out I do think that the uh that the Rams offering two first round picks for Brian Burns and the Panthers declining is one of the funniest things out there. It's like, no, we need him to go three and fourteen. Like you, you absolutely cannot take him. We, he is a must-have for us. And the Rams, like, if I could get two Rams first round picks, I'd be pretty happy about that. The Rams aren't, you know, Brian Burns isn't going to play receiver. So yeah, I thought. That and is a bit when, where are those picks from? I was going to say I, that's the other thing. I felt like they had none already. I love the Rams are like, you know what the problem is. It's that Von Miller left us. So if we could just get like a younger Von Miller, like I think it'll work out. Like, mm-hmm. no, like yeah. maybe trade for like a tackle. There's bigger problems yeah. <laughs> than not having Von Miller. <laughs> yeah. Or a running back or, yeah. or another receiver. There's a lot of <laughs> holes that you got to fill. So yeah. maybe, you know, divert Phil, the Rams, can that. I just say? The Rams are kind of like the freaking like uh, Vegas Golden Knights of the of the NFL. Like just so <laughs> reckless with like their money and their picks. Like this is something the Vegas Golden Knights would do: trade two first round picks for like a second line, a uh, second pairing defenseman. Like no, yeah. like no. It's like that's right. our hole. That's our yeah. hole. So we're gonna fill it by using our draft cap, and we'll worry they later. Kind of like the Knights. Yeah, it is a worry later. Yeah. I do like that they specified that Cam Akers was in both of the trades. It's like. In my mind, maybe the Rams were offering one first-round pick and Cam Akers, and they're like, "That's two first-round picks." Yeah, like, <laughs> we're offering you Cam Akers and a first-round pick, but I, I, that couldn't get the Panthers. You know, couldn't couldn't push them over the edge getting Cam Akers. And then in the today, building. the classic uh, Rams want Akers back. They're ready to you know bring him back <laughs> into the fold. Didn't work out, but like 24 hours after the trade deadline, we love you. You're a great fit. Yeah. Let's try and make this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the guy breaks up with his girl. He's like, okay, we're going to go on a break. And he wants to like, you know, see see what the dating world's like. But he just can't get anything. Like nothing. <laughs> yeah. like, no girls are interested. No dates are happening. So he's like, okay. <laughs> like time no, to come back. 
you know what it is, Owen? You what? know what it is? It's the guy who what? breaks up like a week before spring break. And he's like, all right, like <laughs> yes. you're gone. Like I'm going to have the best yeah. spring break ever. And then you have the worst spring break ever. Like your flights get canceled. You're stuck at home. You have nothing to do. And then you're like, all right, like come on back. Like, yeah. You and I both know this is what's best for us. Yeah. So. Good move by the Rams there. The only other thing that's going on, we got this Commanders, Dan Snyder's looks like he's going to sell the Commanders because he's being investigated for some sort of money problem that he, I, I, I didn't read the article. It seems like he was taking money out of the, out of things that he shouldn't have been taking them out of. Mm. And he's decided to put them up for sale. Now, that's the weird. highlight of the announcement <laughs> this morning was that the true, the tweet read Dan, or sorry, Dan Snyder has hired Bofa to help him finance or like find a buyer for the team, which is Bank of America. But Dan Snyder is one of the few guys that you could see him releasing something that says like, I've hired Bofa <laughs> to try to trick the media for like 10 minutes. Then be like, ha, ah, both of these. Like, you know, it could have been something that he could have done, but interesting story. Like minus all the illegal stuff, like yeah. he is pretty funny. And like the non-illegal, like abuse of power stuff. Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. take apart that he's a horrible person, <laughs> immoral, potentially just taking money that wasn't his. Abusive. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then he seems like a pretty fun time. Like knew about the Gruden <laughs> yeah. emails, I'm pretty sure. Like, he's probably, he's probably on them. him. Yeah. <laughs> he was sending them. Oh, he, yeah. Well, didn't, dude, Was he was the one who brought on Jay Gruden. He, he's he probably, did. He probably went to the Gruden family dinners. I would bet. He, I'm certain that he did. So wow, interesting fellow there. Um, we're <laughs> on to picks this week. It's week wait. Can nine. I bring something up? Oh, go right ahead. Did you guys see? Because this is the first time in my life that I've seen this happen. But um, in regards to Keenan Allen, he's kind of like fighting an injury right now. And uh, the news dropped this morning that Keenan Allen says his hamstring got worse during the bye week. And I, yeah. I literally have never seen this happen in my life. And I don't know like what you're doing. Well, credit to Keenan Allen because, I mean, <laughs> like, here's the thing. The seventh seed in the AFC, it's up for grabs. Like, the Chargers can go 500 without him. Like, yeah. they can get there without him. And the check's still cash if you don't play. And he, he's playing for the one team in the NFL where it's believable that an injury could get worse with their medical staff <laughs> on a bike. He found the one the one loophole to the system. So I think he's fine, personally. But Okay. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. That makes sense. It's not like he could have been hunting or something. Right. Or <laughs> playing playing ball. Something. Yeah, playing some ball, some pickup. We boxing? We boxing. Anything. Could have gotten a fight. That's a hamstring, so you could just get that going, you know, stepping over the yeah. bathtub to get in the shower. I mean, he's in the it's NFL. True. He's probably not stepping over the bathtub to, to get in the shower, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, week nine picks were here. It was a tough week last week for uh, multiple members of this show. Owen, another two and four week. He stays 14 games above 500, but he's lost his lock again. And another two and four week for Alex, who's who's been sputtering. He's 22 and 26 in and last right now. So I'm sure you boys are both looking to get on track after subpar weeks. Absolutely. It's okay. I think we're about midway season-ish now, so... Now, now it really counts. Right. Yeah, this is when you turn it on. It didn't count before. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alex is like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Dude. Like, t- tell me when it's November and I'll start trying. Yeah. 
Owen, I'm sure you'd like to comment in as little as possible so you can just put it behind you and get back to work and ho-hum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really... We're going to have to talk to my people. We're going to figure this one out. Let's go. Yeah. R-E-L-A-X. That's the uh, spirit. Do the Aaron yeah. Rodgers speech. I went 3-3. Three and three. I did win my lock. I was the only guy to win my lock, but now I have myself tied... Or no, I pulled myself above Alex, so I'm in third, and Adam had a 4-2 week. Did not win his lock, so his lock lead is down to 1, but he's in second place. So congrats on the best record last week. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm happy to thank you. This week, Thursday Night Football, Philadelphia Eagles at Houston Texans. Al Michaels, somebody's got to check on Al, because I know at NBC, if he had the chance, this is one he would have taken off at Amazon. He's got to show up. Fun fact, Philadelphia at Houston playing in the World Series that night. Philadelphia and Houston playing in the football that night. So I think I'm going to spend my time watching the World Series because this game does not really do it for me. But if you are planning to watch, the Texans will be wearing their red helmets and their red jerseys with the white pants. Davis Mills has kind of been struggling as of late, which is why the Philadelphia minus 13 and a half line comes into play. I mean, the whole Texans team has been struggling, but Davis Mills has been too. Minus 13 and a half is the line here for the Eagles on the road. What do you like, Adam? This pick is mostly coming out of like laziness and the fact that I don't want to watch this game. So like the best thing for me, if I don't want to watch this game is to just pick the Eagles and hope that I'm not missing out on much. So I'm just going to take the Eagles to win in a blowout. You know what? I like that take so much. I'm just retweeting, it. you know? <laughs> The Texans have a bottom three defense and bottom three offense. The Eagles have a top three defense and top three offense. I don't see why I wouldn't just take the Eagles to obliterate the Texans here. I think it's too many points for primetime Davis Mills, so I'm going to take the uh, Texans. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Davis Mills in the red helmet is yet to be seen. It could be scary. Alex is going to say it's an NFL game. <laughs> no, no, actually, no NFL game. I'm gonna. I'm not going to overthink this. One. I'm going to take I'm retweeting you guys. I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, like, like the Texans made Josh Jacobs look like, you know, an all pro running back with three touchdowns. I mean, if anyone can run the ball, the Eagles can, and the Texans cannot stop the run. So I don't want to overthink this one too much. I'm just going to take the Eagles. And can I also say about Al Michaels? I love like, they're like, no, 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 buddy. Like you work for Amazon now. We don't take days off. Like, you know how you heard about like Amazon workers, like <laughs> yeah. having like, like if your break is longer than like 30 seconds, automatic fired, automatic fire, like you get flagged or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Like you have to show up. Like we don't care. Yeah. It's like, not only that, Al, you're flying into Houston on Monday and you're sitting through three days of walkthroughs. Yes. So get there early, yep. like, pack your lunch. You're no you're different from the there. delivery drivers. So yeah. <laughs> He's got like a pass he needs to scan. He's got like a meal card before he's eating like steak dinners <laughs> with the teams. Now it's like, okay, you can get the mac and cheese. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's financed. He's got the, he's got a payment plan for his dinners. Um, Monday morning, Minnesota Vikings at Washington Commanders. Kirk Cousins revenge game for those people who aren't aware. Almost seven years to the day of the uh, do you like that 
uh, game, which, I mean, he spent a lot of memories at his old playground, FedEx Field, and now he gets to return as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Big drama for the Vikings this week was that they're playing the Bills next week. That's a huge game, and their fans thought it was going to be flexed into Sunday night, which, of course, would have been terrible for the Vikings because that means Kirk Cousins can't play at noon, but the de- the uh, deadline to flex passed, and it was not moved into the spot. So, you know, Vikings fans can breathe easy knowing that 12 o'clock Kirk Cousins is coming next week. But this week he's coming again, and he's going to D.C. Minus three and a half is the line. What do you like, Owen? Uh, I love the Vikings in this. I think once he said Sunday at 11 o'clock, that's kind of where my – it's kind of, you know, where it ends for me. So I like yeah. the Vikings, and I like Kirk at that hour. That's a start and finish. Do you think a revenge game for Kirk is a little more, you know, you think there's a little more juice to that? I don't probably low. Like he doesn't seem like the type to really care about or like revenge. He probably thinks that's like a sin. <laughs> Fair point. He, he's like, no, 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 I don't do that. This is a thank yeah. you game. This is a remembrance <laughs> game. I'm going to let them win because they paid me. Yeah. And that's why I'm going with the commanders. Actually. Uh, I'm not super, I'm not super scared about 11 o'clock uh, Kirk cousins. Uh, I don't know how many games he has played. I feel like he's definitely played one in Washington by now, but maybe he hasn't. So I don't know. I, f- I feel like he's the type of guy to get overwhelmed by that. It's basically a Monday night for him, like where he's like, damn, like he's like crying on, on the sidelines. Like they said, I suck. Like the fans were chirping me. Like they're so freaking mean, dude. Um, so, and I kind of like how the commanders have been playing the last couple of weeks. They've been playing some tight games. So um, I think Heineke's kind of electric. And we were talking about how he just plays to the, um, level of the opposing quarterback so Kirk i think Cousins. it'll be a tight one and the vikings they just won too many games in a row like they're six and one like i don't know i think they're bound to lose one here soon yeah i agree with that i do like the commanders i could see kirk cousins like the day before like maybe not the day before but like 7 a.m he gets to the stadium early and he like he installs his own screws on the on that fence that fell in on jalen hurts he's like i can't take any chances with my teammates like i trust myself to secure this fence properly it's like maybe a 4 a.m wake up i can see that video where he like brings his son out and he's like teaching him how to use the tools it's like a father yeah. makes like a father-son moment lefty lucy righty tighty like he's like showing him he's holding yeah. the screwdriver putting it in and there. they do an interview with him they're like why did you do that he's like part for my safety but also i love to give back to the community that um you know made me into the quarterback i am today yeah that's exactly right dude and i do like the commanders in this one they've won three straight they've got some mojo the vikings like you said like this is the the loss is coming i don't know if it's this week but three and a half i just like i like getting the extra half point there I don't know if that's a dumb reasoning, but I do like it. Adam, you're a tiebreaker here. Yeah, I'm gonna take the uh, the Vikings. I used the argument last week of like this team doesn't look like they should be six and one, and they need a loss here to balance things out. But I just it it didn't work, so I'm just gonna like use my brain a little bit and take the Vikings. Big trade too to make their team better. Yes, Hawkinson. Big See, claim using your brain. So if it doesn't cover yeah. where you're using your brain. <laughs> or is your brain just bad? It, yeah. It's just bad. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. There we go. I'm glad we walked that one through. Now, this, this Sunday, there's a huge problem in the NFL. There's only two afternoon games. And they do this because they want to stack the ratings onto one channel. They like to get it all in one channel, at least once a year for CBS or Fox. This time it's Fox. And Fox looked at the schedule and said, 
we know we'll get all the eyes on us if we have Rams Bucks. And Rams Bucks is the worst game. It sounded way better in July than it does right now. This stinks, and it's one of only two games that's on. Um, I, I don't. I saw McVay said this week that he feels like he's wasting plays when he runs the ball. That's really not something you want to admit. <laughs> wow, does that, that mean? Yeah, that's a pretty sad. I mean, come on, dude. When you have river, you got to feed the river. So I personally disagree with the strategy. But anyway, uh, it looks like Cooper Cup. He did not practice today, but they think he'll be able to go. The Bucks are at home, and it's a classic Bucks minus three. I like Tampa Bay here. So I they are so unimpressive, but they are less unimpressive than the Rams. So that's the only reason I have for taking the Bucks. I like the Bucks in this one at home, minus three. What do you like, Owen? I was going to say the same thing except the reverse. Like, they're both terrible, but the Bucks are a little bit more terrible, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Rams. I think that's the only way you can do this. It's which one has outstunk the other one. That's the, There's no, like, I like this about them because they both stink. That's the only way you can do this one. Adam, what do you like? I'll take a different angle here. I'm going to say they both stink equally so i'm just gonna take the points i like that take too i thought you were gonna say i would take a tie at plus like 18 <laughs> to 1 that would have been pretty pretty crazy odds and giving you a lot of wins on the board which would have been a respectable move uh or alex what do you like here i'm gonna take the bucks here i think they're um not as bad as the rams totally not loving the comment by mcveigh saying i feel like i'm wasting plays when i run the ball like what um, and the Bucks have lost, I think, three in a row now, and they've only won one home game. So I think they're bound for a home win here. Um, so I like the Bucks. Mm-hmm. We've been saying that about them, but it, you would think eventually they do have to have one. All I know in this one, I, I would if I if I was someone, I wouldn't be betting this game, but I would bet Ronnie Rivers anytime touchdown. That's the only thing I would bet for my boy Ronald. That's the only thing I want to see. Sunday night football, Tennessee Titans at Kansas City Chiefs, both five and two, but there's a huge spread in this one. And Adam, it jumped out to you right away. You messaged everybody about it. Chiefs minus 12 and a half at home. The reason it is that Andy Reid off the bye 20 and three career. By far and away the best all time. And it looks like Tannehill, like the line opened at 10 and a half and it went to 12 and a half. There's no word about if it's going to be Tannehill or Willis, but that would lead you to believe that it's probably Willis. So, Adam, do what you want to do here in this one. No, yeah, I mean, uh, it was like the classic open it up, look at all the spreads, and you see two five and two teams, and you're just like, why is this so many points on Sunday night? And then you do some research, and you see Andy Reid at home off a bye, 17 and two, 13 days of rest. Like, I have to take the Chiefs. That's a shocking one because you were. I thought you were racing to take the Titans all week. I know if you're not going to do it, Owen probably will. Yeah, let's take the Titans. Too many points on prime time. And uh, Derrick Henry is on a tear right now. So I'm expecting a 200-yard, maybe three-touchdown performance. He's going to need to because Malik Willis threw like five times last week. So what do you like, Alex? I'm going to take the Chiefs here um, because the Titans only really win games against their own divisional opponents or really bad teams. They got absolutely smoked by the Bills in like that week one, week two Monday night game. Um, that was prime time, and I, you know, think the Chiefs are as, almost as good as the Bills. So, um, and then this is the classic like Darius Tony like two touchdown game. Like, how do the Chiefs keep getting away with this? Like, my gosh, they found their Tyreek Hill. Um, you so love the Chiefs. I I'm addicted to taking the Chiefs. I don't know what it is, but like 
I just love the Chiefs. And then the Andy Reid record off the bye um, helps as well. So um, I'm loving the Chiefs right now. I think the Titans have the 32nd rated offense in the league. I think it's like, a stunning Have the Titans ever like, beaten a good team? That's the question. They, I think they, they're Buffalo's kryptonite until this year, no? Like, I think they, they've had wins, but not this year. They've won five in a row, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, it's kind of chalk, but I like the Chiefs too. I just, I, I'm a little afraid to take Willis in any situation because I don't even think the Titans think he's good. So, uh, going into Arrowhead on Sunday night, I do like the Chiefs in that one. So, this is, you know what the positive is here, though? Maybe we could start really early this week because Rams, Bucks, who cares? This game, I mean, who cares? We could just start at like <laughs> two on Sunday and we would miss yeah. nothing. So, that would be great. Wow, Monday night so football. Good. That doesn't it <laughs> take a nap the afternoon? That could be incredible stuff. Monday night football, Baltimore Ravens at New Orleans Saints. Saints offense, I think 24-plus a game with Andy Dalton under center. He's been very good, and that kind of explains a Baltimore minus three. The Ravens do have some extra rest, but no Bateman and no Mark Andrews, which, I mean, it looks that way. He could still play, but definitely no Bateman. Andrews is a question mark. Ravens minus three on the road into the Superdome. Alex, what do you like? Um, I kind of like the Saints at home, honestly, um, here because this is the Ravens have had a hard time like running away with these leads, um, or even um, you know, finishing off these games. So I don't know. The, I don't know how the Saints' offense is like as dynamic as it is. Like it started off pretty poorly, but you know they're hanging a bunch on the Raiders, which isn't hard to do. Let me get that like you know off, but. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a close game either way. I don't, I don't know if they'll, you know, outright win it, but I like it. Uh, I like the saints to keep it close. Um, and then, yeah, the Ravens are missing. Did you say they're missing Mark Andrews too? It looks like he's a maybe. Yeah. I don't really love that. So, cause their offense already is kind of shaky as is. So, um, I'm going to take the saints here at home. What do you like on? I like the saints as well. Um, I think it looked pretty dominant obviously last week and yeah i think there's something about the offense that's like kind of uh frisky and then the ravens yeah they just they don't have a killer instinct they don't take teams out so i like the saints at home i also like the saints at home and i there's something about the superdome these i don't know it's just this year i feel like i've brought up the superdome so many times it's like my arrowhead it is like your head. There's something about the Superdome for me this year that just I know they're three and five, but it like it puts the juice in me. So I like the Saints to win this one outright. But Adam, are you gonna make it a sweep? No, I like the Ravens by a lot. Okay. Good. I'm happy because then there's no sweep and there's no pressure. We're two and two on sweeps, which isn't a bad record, but I like, you know, I like a no sweep situation. That's what makes me happiest. So those are our picks. Now we're on to locks of the week. Who wants to go first here? Who feels strongly? Owen, I feel like you're ready to go. Um, yeah. So for my lock this week, I'm gonna take us to the I'm gonna take us to the Jets. Uh and <laughs> it's just kind of between a couple here. Um, and this is a game I know a lot of people maybe aren't gonna want to tune into, but <laughs> I'm gonna be tuning in. <laughs> I'm gonna be tuning in because the Jets are taking on the Bills Sunday morning at eleven. Um, and the spread as of right now is 12 and a half is what I'm seeing um, in favor of the Bills, obviously. And I just think this is way too many, it's way too many points. I think the Jets are better than they played last week. I know Zach Wilson sucks. Um, and no, there's no Reese Hall, but I like James Robinson. I like uh, the pieces on the team. I like um, Quinn and Williams. So 
I think it'll be closer than 12 and a half points. Let's go. I mean, that's a lot of points for a five and three. How many points is Quinn and Williams worth on the spread? <laughs> He's got to be worth at least three or four. <laughs> point three I love or point that. four. Yeah. That's what he's worth. So Owen's locking in the Jets. I mean, you've been on a cold streak, so going back to old reliable is not a bad idea. If you lose yeah. this one, you're under 500 on locks, so I don't hate the move. Well, a lot of pride in that one. Yeah. Alex, what do you like here in the locks? Um, there's there's some juicy juicy picks here, I think, that uh, we didn't get to. And I'm, I'm loving some birds on here. And one of the birds I'm going to pick is the Falcons, home dog against the Chargers. I have no idea why the Chargers are even favored in this. They've shown me nothing all year. You guys know how disappointed I am in the Chargers. So um, Falcons are kind of like a, a covering machine. Um, and I think they're they're a pretty good football team. Like I know they're four and four, but like they play some of these games really close. I think Mariota is pretty decent and they'll find a way to, to keep it close, if not win. So um, I like the Falcons as a home dog here. And if I there's like, anything that we know about Alex, it's that he's got a beat on the Falcons. So I, that's what I was know the say. Falcons, dude. Yeah, I think this I is mean, my I first love... first uh, lock with the Falcons this year. So yeah, I haven't locked them this year. So I mean, I liked the Falcons, but the fact that you're picking the Falcons really scares me. It is yeah, pretty scary. Lie. It is pretty scary. But hey, if we do cover, I mean, that'll be something. That would be like yes. my first cover ever. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I'm not gonna lie. In my locks, I had a beat on maybe taking the Jags game, but then I was like, I will get this wrong. No matter what I do, I will get this wrong. So I'm not going to pick it. I'm not even going to say who I was going to lock because Good. I don't even Please want don't. it out there on the airwaves I don't because I will be wrong if I let you guys know. There were some lines this week that I saw that I was like, I feel like I'm being baited to take this. Like I can't, I can't do this responsibly because they know something that I don't know. So my lock this week, I'm going to take us to the state of Ohio and I'm going to lock in the Cincinnati Bengals at home minus seven and a half against the Carolina Ooh. Panthers. Now, I didn't want to do it, but I do, Ooh. I did think when I was originally making this pick like they just got embarrassed by the Browns are going to be motivated you know but then today I did more research and I found out that they're definitely motivated because I'm going to read you a quote from Bengals center Ted Karras this is what he told the media after practice quote today I'm going to be a demeanor hound I don't want to see any sulking any pouting we have a six-day sprint and then we get a break so we need to go into the break with a winning record and I'm going to be on people because we need energy that's the only way I perform Practice well on Wednesday, practice well on Thursday, practice well on Friday with great energy, high focus, high intensity, and then it crescendos into a great performance on Sunday afternoon. I'm so unfazed because of this guy. And this line is high enough that I saw it and I was like, I like the Panthers. But then I was like, wait a minute, Bengals, talent, you know, discrepancy. So I like the Bengals in this one. They're going to go into the bye with a winning record. I also saw Joe Burrow saying that this season was reminding him so much of last season, you know, the season that he made the Super Bowl. So... Just, yeah, right, right, right. I love how he how he's acting like he's he has 15 seasons to reminisce on. It's like you've been in the league for like two and a half years. So, I mean, yeah. this was really the only other one you could think of. Yeah, the first one you tore your ACL, where yeah. he was on the bench after week four. Exactly, like he's a 15 year vet, like Peyton Manning. Yeah, calm, calm like, down. This is the second time you've ever made it to the bye week. So, yeah. yep, it would remind you of the other time you did. I hope PJ Walker hangs Bengals. 40 on him. Yeah, I, I, know, yeah. I think the Panthers areas. are kind of a hot team right now. So I also don't like the Bengals. Um, but <laughs> a little history behind this pick is 
I'm just going to say the pick. I'm taking Green Bay minus three and a half. That's the one that was staring me in the yeah. face, but I didn't want to do it because it's like, why is it three and a half? I mean, I swore off the Packers and then I picked against them last week and then they covered. And I mean, this is just a giant overreaction and the, the Lions just suck. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to lose to the Lions. I just have to take the Packers. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't. Think. I wouldn't think. But is this game in Detroit or Green Bay? In Detroit, yeah. Okay. He has three career losses in Ford Field, so it's not like he's never, never, you know, it's not like he wins there all the time. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know what he would do? Yeah. (laughs) He'd do the the I own you to get a little like juice going. Like if he beats the Uh Lions, the Mm -hmm. I own you. I think that's one of those games where that could happen. He's not saying it's the Lions, he's saying it to Dubes. I own you. Yes, that too. And I think it is also November. Too. Mm-hmm. Which this is typically when the t- the tundra takes effect, even though it's at an indoor stadium. <laughs> I just think like a team is unmotivated when you trade away like one of your best players. So they're just like, why should we even try this week? Like the Lions are just gonna be pissed. But the Panthers traded <laughs> Robbie Anderson away and had like two wins. Yeah, PJ Washington turned into Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. It's true. People forget that. But yeah. that's our locks of the week. Adam likes the Packers. Shocker. Alex likes the Falcons. That that alone is a bad omen. Shout out. Adam on the Packers. Shout out. On the, on the Falcons. Shout out Seahawks plus two, though. I like that as well. Me too. Let's go. Me we can too. Just make, let's just pick the whole board. No, no. I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing it in. Jags as a plus bonus one and a half. For the people. If we're, throwing, if we're throwing in bonus picks, I want to do a, a bonus pick off. And I'm, I love the Cardinals minus okay. two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bonus pick off. <laughs> Bonus pickoff. I like. Phil, that. I love the Jags plus one and a half. Good, and you oh, all like the Panthers. I'm also so picking off happy. against Phil. Panthers plus seven. Yeah. So, me too. I'm good, picking good. off against Phil too. And while we're here, I like the Colts. So let's just get that one on the record too. But Owen locks the Jets, and I lock the Bengals. Now there was some big basketball news going on this week, and this is when we go to Alex, the basketball expert on this show. The Nets fire Steve Nash after you know a two and five start Steve Nash I mean he's got to be the happiest guy in the world yeah he, there's no way that he is not happier marginally after having left this position but the Nets now they're of course looking to bring in Ime Udoka so Alex let's just go to you what do you see here well I think you know Steve Nash if personally if I was him I would have just resigned after last year <laughs> like I don't know why he even tried to run it back like he saw how unserious Simmons was he saw the Kevin Durant stuff in the offseason the Kyrie Irving stuff I don't know what made him think hey let me come back for another year of this like this isn't some random person that like doesn't have like like it's Steve Nash we're talking about this is, he has a very decorated NBA career um and him kind of going out like this as a coach is like it's it's not it's not it's not ruining his legacy or anything, but it's definitely there. It's a little stain, I think, and I think he definitely should resign because then it's kind of just leaving on his terms. Like this, he's just getting fired after a two and five start. Um, but yeah, I don't really know who. Like now, it's um, now the head coach is uh, I think his name's uh, something Jacques Vaughn. Vaughn. What's his first name? Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn. Yeah, and he led them in the bubble, so. But that, but that bubble team was much different. That was just basically Kyrie with all like the good players they had with like Karis he LeVert. Wasn't even, he wasn't even in the bubble. 
Oh, well, there you go. Because it was just like Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. Yeah. I think Dinwiddie was still playing. So those were guys that actually like wanted to play for the Nets. This is a completely different. This is something different. This is like you got to, you know, figure this out with Durant, Irving, and all these guys and Simmons. So um, the Nets are an absolute dumpster fire. And shout out Kevin Durant saying he was shocked to find out Steve Nash was no longer the, the NBA coach. You're a bozo, bro. Get out of here. That's an early bozo. Sorry, I had to. Had to lay that one in there, but uh, yeah, the Nets are absolute dumpster fire, and, and I'm glad glad to see them suck. I like, I really like Kevin Durant coming out in the summer and being like, "All right, like if you're keeping me, Steve Nash goes." And then it's like two weeks into the season, he's like, "Why'd you guys get rid of Steve Nash, dude? Yeah, like, are you serious? Like, do you want me to request another trade? Are you dead ass right now?" So good for Kevin Durant on that one. Good, good Kyrie Irving flashback, December 2020. I don't really see us having a head coach. You know what I mean? KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach one day. So shout out to Kyrie. Maybe they could enact that plan with MA. I was going to say, um, I kind of feel at first, well, look, I don't think Steve Nash did a good job as head coach. I want to be like clear. I don't think he was a good head coach and I don't think he made the team better. So it was probably good that he left. But at the same time, I heard I saw somebody compare him to like Billy Donovan when he was coaching the Thunder before Westbrook and Durant left. And I saw him also compared to like Spolstra under LeBron, where it's like you're and I, I like that might be a little bit more outrageous. But the point was like it's not a fair Spolstra, it's not fair geez. to <laughs> it's not fair to um judge him as a head coach because of the circumstances where he really wasn't the final decision maker in a lot of ways. Like he had to listen to Kyrie and he had to listen to KD. Um, so like in the case of Billy Donovan, when he was with Westbrook and KD, they played a certain way. And then like when they left um, and it was like all the young guys, he like was actually a good coach and actually was like successful with um, Chris Paul. So I don't, I, th- I hope he gets another job maybe sometime down the road and then me, maybe me with too. like a team with less ego. And, and to yeah. Owen's point though, like people like, like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they act like Steve Nash was the final decision maker when like he really wasn't like, I don't know if this guy was even allowed to like make the starting lineup. Like, honestly, like and they're out here acting like he was the final decision maker. Like it's all his fault. Um, and then when shit did go sideways, they're like, Steve, do something like you're the head coach. bro. Yeah. It's like, what happened to, you know, I want to be the coach Kyrie and KD leading that stuff. So um, I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, and I I agree with what Steve Kerr said, which is a rarity, when he came out and was like, he would have done the same thing, like nobody would have been able to succeed in the situation he was in. I know those two, I think Steve Nash did work for the Warriors during their title run there, I think in some capacity, so I know they have some sort of relationship, but he's right in saying that, like there's nothing that Nash could have done to make that situation any better, and he will get another chance, and I think he'll do a lot better, like guys that'll actually listen to Steve Nash because he's a two-time MVP, instead of just guys that immediately no matter who it is they could get you know michael jordan or lebron as their head coach and they would think they're superior to them you know those guys they're not going to have their opinion changed by steve nash but if you put him on a team where guys will actually learn from him i think he could have some you know moderate success not that he impressed his coach at all during his time there i do find it very interesting that they're like that they think Ime is really going to come in and like Ime is a defensive like he changed the celtics defense speaking from a strictly basketball stand of view yeah i mean the Nets don't have a, a single rim protector. The Nets, nobody there wants to play defense. Bringing him in is just like a, a sideshow. Like, that's what it is. And he's a guy who wasn't going to, it looked like he wasn't going to get a job three weeks ago. And then all of a sudden this happens. It, they're the biggest 
sideshow in the NBA, and it's a huge black mark on Durant's resume that he wasted the back end of his prime doing this. And I know, you know, you can blame it on Kyrie Irving all you want, but that's his VP. That's the guy he picked. So, yeah. Well, I think uh, maybe on the bright side of things, maybe he could figure out uh, Simmons, help Simmons, because Simmons – like he's their best Un- defender. Unlock his defensive cool. potential, huh? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's what he Not needs the... to work on. No, 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 no. So he's okay. Like I phrased it poorly, but like he's his defense hasn't been as good as it was billed to be, and as good as it was in Philadelphia. Although he is like their only good defender, so yeah. they're gonna maybe he him. can like kind of help. It is kind of yeah. scary when five point six points per game. Well, not only that, but when your best defender is fouling out in the third quarter every night. So yeah, that's also yeah. very heat. That is a little concerning. I do believe Ime <laughs> worked with Simmons in Philadelphia, but it's also kind of a bad. Here's a couple bad omens. Number one, saying we need Ben Simmons to do this. <laughs> that's number one. That's problem. a big ask. <laughs> that is a big ask. Number two problem is <laughs> bringing in a coach who's like gonna coach him hard and like gonna get on him. Like that's, just, <laughs> like, that's, no. that's the opposite of what he wants. So I don't know. I guess we're gonna see. It is the most interesting thing going on in the NBA. It's it is so dysfunctional that it is must see TV. This league. It, it, this it, league. It, this league. It is almost like Kyrie Irving has reached a point where he's like he's got a little bit of Kanye in him where he's like, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna throw the toaster in the water and see what see what kind of mess I can cause. Like I think he's like addicted to like triggering people. Yeah, he takes great pleasure in it. It's like a hobby for him at this point. Yeah. yeah. Very strange guy. Very, very strange. But we're on to uh Bozo of the Week and Genius of the Week, and then we can wrap up. Oh, and you bin the leadoff guy. Do you want a bozo or genius first here? And what are you thinking? Um, we can do genius first. Raw. Um, Let's start positive. And I'm going to keep us in the world of the NBA. And I'm going to, uh, my genius this week is a guy by the name of Pat Spencer. So let me introduce you to Pat Spencer for those of you who aren't like deep G League uh, fans. Pat Spencer is a prospect for the Warriors. Um, he previously played for, he's so currently he's with the Santa Cruz Warriors. He previously played for the, the uh, Washington Wizards G League team. Um, and Steve Kerr, recently said or a few weeks ago this month he said that he's an intriguing prospect so why is he like an interesting person let me let me break it down for you and why is this guy a genius so he played four years of lacrosse that was his first sport he played four years of lacrosse at Loyola um in these four years he won basically what is the equivalent of the Heisman for lacrosse players so he was like an all-time great college uh, lacrosse player um he finished his four years of lacrosse but he had one more year of graduate eligibility. And so he said, you know what? Like I am done lacrosse. Let me, let me try my hand at basketball. Cause he'd always play like pickup basketball and things. And people thought he was really good. So he went to Northwestern, which is a good basketball school. Like it's relatively good. It's a, it's a division one program. They're in the tournament. Good school, most years. School. Good school, school, right? Smart guy for, 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 you know, his graduate studies. Pumped out Markel Fultz. Um, Banger. I think he went to Washington. Or, or sorry, my bad. Oh, sorry. Purple though. Sorry, purple. Also, purple. Also purple. Purple. It's the same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yes, he goes to Northwestern, starts obviously on the bench, right? This guy had never played basketball at, at a level higher than high school. Um, and he took four years off, basically. So he, he starts on the bench, eventually works his way up to a starting spot. So at this point, he's starting on Northwestern as a graduate in his first year playing college basketball. 
he gra- he graduates after averaging 10.4 points, 4.1 rebounds. Um, after this, he goes to Germany to play and he lights it up in Germany. Um, and then he gets signed with the, he gets signed by the, uh, by the Washington um, wizards to play for their G league affiliate. He eventually goes to golden state where he's now an intriguing prospect. So I just wanted to shout him out because this is probably the greatest athlete, maybe one of the greatest athletes in sports that people don't know about. And he's a genius for making the switch. Look at him go. He's, he pulled like a Michael Jordan to baseball, except if he like won a gold glove. Yeah. And so and then, next step. And he's like breaking the mold too, because usually these college lacrosse players will just play for the Patriots. He's like the first one who's like, he'll be a, exact. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Slot receiver for the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. That's his next step, dude, because you could do that, you know, well, slot that, receiver. You do that till your forties. Well, he's got that guaranteed though. So why not just try basketball? And then if that, you know, when he's done with that, he could just go be a slot receiver on the Patriots or the Jets. Yeah. Well, no, it usually goes Patriots and then the Jets will pay you. Like you like oh, break right. in with the Patriots. That's like your yeah. entry level position. And then you go CEO of money for the Jets. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. how it goes. And then you play two years of your like four year contract and then you get released. Mm-hmm. And then and become a wide receivers maybe... coach like the Dolphins. Yeah, exactly. And then just repeat cycle, rinse, repeat <laughs> over and over again. Shout out to that guy. My genius of the week this week is Colin Cowherd, and we love Colin. And this week, you know, he was breaking down the Bears, picking up Chase Claypool, and he is so good at commentary that he started talking in a little bit of code for the people, um, to break in a little bit of a new new idea, seeing if people would catch on. So here's four different quotes from his segment about the Chase Claypool trade. Number one, quote, we're going to give our quarterback Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool and Cole Komet and Armstrong. So we're not not quite sure who Armstrong is yet. There's no Armstrong on the Bears, but you know maybe we can find out a little bit more from Colin about this Armstrong. So he does in the second quote, quote, let's see what he is with Cole Komet, Armstrong, Herbert, Mooney. So there, you know, we know he's probably a skill position player, this mystery Armstrong guy. We know he's probably in that. Then we get a big clue. He says, Claypool is a man. He's a big body. Mooney's more clever. You don't want him taking a beating. So now you have Armstrong and Herbert in the backfield. Nice backs. So we know he's a running back now. So we figured out Narrowed it down. Armstrong, now we know Armstrong is a running back. And now we're trying to figure out what age is this Armstrong. He says, quote, Mooney's a young guy. Komet's a young guy. Armstrong's a young guy. So now we know he's a young running back. So I did a little bit of research. It turns out not only is there not an Armstrong on the Bears, there's not an Armstrong in the entire NFL. So he's not yet in the NFL. But I think this is Colin breaking the news that the Bears are going to lock down a young running back who's not in the NFL yet named Armstrong and pair him up with Herbert, with Mooney, with Komet, with Claypool. So shout out to Colin for trying out this new way of breaking down signings. He's like the new Woj. Can I say I'm going to use my little Morse code, like Zodiac um, knowledge? Let's go. I think I think he was just talking about Montgomery. But like the, no M, way. the G like tricked him. <laughs> and <laughs> and somehow he got Montgomery like mixed up with Armstrong, which is very weird. I don't know how he got that, but I think the G and the M tricked him. I think that's, I think you're probably right. Probably. It's between that and... It's between that and blasting game. So <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple Armstrongs in college. So maybe mm. you know how he always talks to um, like 
to GMs, maybe this is like a, a sleeper they have on their board. Yeah, and that's why they traded their second-round pick. They're like, we, we yeah. know that the, nobody else has this guy on their board. We can get him in the seventh, but he's a first-round talent. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go all in on him in the second round. Yes, that's the move. Yeah. What are you putting up this week, Alex? Um, my genius of the week is Mattress Mac. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we really had a chance to talk about him too much, and I think we're kind of late to the party um, on him, but I guess our podcast didn't know that. Essentially, you might be asking, why does Mattress Mac just keep betting the Astros all the time? And why does he keep placing these enormous bets? And where does he get this money from? Turns out he's like the mattress king of Texas. Like he owns like these like stores all across Texas that like sells these like high-end mattresses and stuff. So what he does is he has this little promotion where if you buy a high-end mattress um, and say the Astros win the world series, you get a complete refund on the mattress that you bought. That's, we know mattresses, especially high end ones can be pretty expensive. So, I mean, I think it's a decent incentive for people to go to his store and buy a mattress. I mean, we get a chance to, especially with the Astros being good, like you get a chance almost every year to get a full refund on your mattress. What he does is to ensure his loss. If that does happen, um, he does bet all his money on the Astros or a lot of money on the Astros winning. So if the Astros do win, he gets an enormous cash out and then he gives all the, uh, all his money as well to the, to the, um, people that were involved in that promotion. So kind of a genius move. He's been making like a lot of money. I don't think he has hit at least bets as big as this one for the Astros. I think he may have hit someone's, someone's before earlier, um, but I mean, just from this promotion alone, like he's been making so much money, which has been, been like, you know, letting him fund, fund these, uh, massive bets. And then shout out to him for getting into it with that Phillies fan after the game three loss, where he's just yelling the F word at that guy. Like what a gangster, like mattress Mac, like, what is he like 90, like small frame kind of skinny. And he's just like, he was, he was trying to throw punches at that Phillies fan. So I, I actually love this dude. He's he, I like him even more now. He's awesome. So we've got the Mattress Mac, we've got Cowherd, and we've got the lacrosse guy. What was his name again, Owen? <clears throat> Pat Spencer. Pat Spencer. So a huge field this week. I'm I'm going in for Pat Spencer, multi-sport athlete. He's kind of my guy now. Yeah, me too. I'm going with Pat Spencer. I'm going to go with uh, Colin Cowherd. I'm going to split it and give it to Colin. There we go. Raw. Double win this week, Raw. Uh, we've been giving out a lot of double winners lately. It's very like it's a winning it's like a podcast. We have a winning yeah, culture around here. We do, so we want to hand out as many as we can. What do we have for bozos this week, going? I'm sure I'm excited to see what you've cooked up. So my bozo this week is Carl Anthony Towns, um, and let me tell you why. So at Please a game do. after a basketball game uh, earlier, I think it was. I'm trying to figure out exactly what it was. It might have been. I don't know if it's like a thing he's been doing or if it's a thing he did once, but um, Anthony Edwards basically has this thing where he like loves Popeyes. Like he'll like, he's brought Popeyes to, like he's shown it to the, to the, like after, po after the, po in the, during the post game, like to reporters and stuff. Like I think he's been pretty vocal in, in saying how much he loves Popeyes, which, you know, you might say that's, you know, fine. Popeyes is good. I like Popeyes. Mm -hmm. Hand up. I'll be the first. To I had it today fan. for the first it's time in like six months. It's really good. I'm a fan. But Carl Anthony Towns, um, he felt like he needed to crack down and be a leader, which he's done a great job of so far. Um, and somebody <laughs> asked about asked him about it in the post game, and this is what he said. So he said, 
maybe I could do a better job of teaching him how to take care of his body, diet and everything. That'll be on me. I know y'all think it's funny up here when he talks about Popeyes and all that. That doesn't make me happy to hear. We're high level athletes. So shout out to Carl Anthony Towns for just being such a, a good leader because we all know he's just, that's like what he does in his career is just, he's a really good leader. He's like led the team to so many good things. It's so much success. So um, just a <laughs> well, great his, leader. His, his game and his leadership is so refined. He can't work on it anymore. Like it already is perfect. So now he has to take it to the next level and help his guys show the path to, you know, how do I get to be and Carl Anthony Towns? Like he yeah. thinks he's like Kevin Garnett. It's almost like yeah. a Joe Burrow situation. You know, I know he's been in the I league mean, longer than that, but he's like, okay, like rookie, like young guy. I need to show him how, how we do it around here. Yeah. And I, I mean, he, he won the play in the game. So yeah. there's also and that. two playoff games. <laughs> two playoff games. Two playoff wins under his belt. I know Anthony Edwards was also a part of the, that team. So that is correct. Little hair in the soup. But Carl Anthony Towns was clearly the leader, like unquestioned mm-hmm. leader. Yeah. I don't get well, what the, the big alpha. deal is. Yeah. Like DK Metcalf's out here eating candy and coffee. Um, and he's great. You know, I'm sure we can think of other guys that also have pretty poor diets. Like it doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter. Like Anthony Edwards, I I've agree. seen enough from him. The Popeyes, honestly, if you just keep it around, dude, Anthony Edwards is a great player. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I agree, dude. I think, uh, I think Carl Towns though, like when you have somebody who is going to go down in NBA lore as the greatest big man shooter of all time, yes. as he would tell you, <laughs> you probably want to listen to him and his, you know, the words of wisdom from a guy like that. My bozo of the week this week is Leafs fans. And you're not going to believe this, but uh, the Leafs are struggling. Shocker for those who aren't watching hockey. And you're not going to believe this either. Their fans are upset about the struggling, even though it's only been 10 games. They're really mad. And I think this one sums it up best. They were winless in their California road trip. So the Leafs tweet out from their account, game day looking for a win. Pretty basic tweet. Media manager fires that off. And then the Maple Leafs GM, for those who aren't aware, is Kyle Dubas. And Marietta Dubas is his grandma, and she replies to the tweet in the comment section. She's in her 80s. Pretty impressive stuff that she can navigate Twitter. So she responds to the tweet. Come on, guys. Let's get it in gear. Go, Leafs, go. Send tweet. So then if you go down and click that tweet and you scroll down to the replies, you'll find this. Marietta, the tweet below perfectly summarizes how incompetent your grandson Kyle has been as GM of the Leafs. <laughs> Hashtag fire Dubis. And then the guy links a tweet to a Microsoft Word like document that the guy printed off and then took a picture of the paper and then tweeted it. So it's like a full-length Microsoft Word page with like charts and like a, a full-scale graphics about how bad Kyle Dubis is. And his 80-year-old grandma is just being harassed on Twitter. <laughs> by people sending this document to her so you know good for the leafs fans for really keeping it classy this week shout out to you guys what a joke i'm honestly it's i am pretty sick the overreactions here it's so annoying like oh my god when i when i thought the leafs couldn't get any like or the media what like circus that they are couldn't get any worse it did um i mean we're eight games into here they're 500 and it's like everything like the sky is falling. Um, it's it's so annoying, and I and I absolutely hate it. I honestly, and I honestly feel bad for um, not really the players, but I do feel bad for Sheldon Keefe. I, I, people are calling for his head eight games in. Like I think he's a pretty decent coach. Like 
if anything, let's 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 fire the fire the GM or, or trade some of the players because I feel like it's just been a coaching carousel um, with them. And yeah, I, I don't know. It is pretty annoying. You got it bang. I didn't on know right Dubis there. was so young. Yeah, he's really he's like the youngest GM in sports. I mean, it's a pretty cool title to have. Like, yeah, it's bragging rights, kind of. Yeah, youngest GM in sports and no playoff series wins. Pretty impressive resume he's cooked up for himself. What do you have, Bozo? Uh, my bozo was Kevin Durant. So just oh, saying that he go. was shocked that, uh, <laughs> that that Steve Nash was fired. I just, it was a little bit of an early one, but it's such, such a bozo. <laughs> That's definitely textbook definition. Oh my We've God. Got... <laughs> what was your zone? I forget, dude. It was Cat and Popeyes. Oh, that's right. Dude, this is a stacked oh, Wow, field. We've got good field. Carl Towns, Kevin Durant, and Leafs fans. What a what a triple header we've got going on here. I have to vote for Cat right away. I'm going to go for Leafs fans. I, uh, the Cat thing is, is silly, but the Leafs fans are just driving me absolutely nuts. So I have to go with Leafs fans. Just biggest bozos in the world. I'm voting KD. There we go. It's a win for the Leafs fans, but everybody could have came home with that one. The Bozo of the Week field is always competitive. No matter what, there's always some donkey out there who's <laughs> really doing something crazy. So shout out to those people. But I give today a 10. Good. We fought through conditions. We fought through snow. We fought through Alex's internet for the first 20 <laughs> minutes. I think everybody deserves props today because that was a great performance. I love a good snow day. And shout out yeah. Adam for uh, suggesting this one. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So when Prin- are you Principal get those, Adam. <laughs> when are you gonna get those winter <laughs> tires on? Uh November twentieth. Oh, oh just in time so for in three weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like it's, I I don't have winter tires, so I need to like buy them and install them, and it's kind of oh. hard to get. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get that figured out. They're pretty. What happened to your old winter tires? They popped in the summer. And they were on in the summer because because they had yeah. zero because they had no tread left. So uh, yeah, so they were so they wow. were so Either way, they were due for replacement. But then they popped, and now they're really due for replacement. Tough, tough, but soon. So that's good. You'll have them in time for Black Friday. That's great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you have going on this weekend, Owen? Are you anything you're looking forward to? Um, I get. I'm going on vacation, so I'm looking forward to that. Raw. Well, 10. 10. 10. 10. We'll be back on Sunday. We need to band something together for the Wednesday after that. But Sunday, you'll hear all these voices again, most likely. So be on the lookout for that. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the football. Talk to you guys then.